going on, everybody? It is Jason Jaybird Goldstein here for another episode of the Bird's Eye View. Prepare to go live on YouTube in just a second here. And we are officially live on YouTube. So welcome. Welcome, everyone, for, to the Bird's Eye View. And who would have thought that we are going to be talking, having a New York Giant divisional round preview episode? I mean, look, I mean, look, I know I've said this over and over again, but never would I expect this team to be in the division around. I didn't expect the playoffs. And, and I was talking about Giants Gucci about genuine shocks. And, like, yeah, like, overall, looking at this team before the season, I was genuinely shocked we made the playoffs. You know, after the Packers game, I was when I probably started buying, thinking that we were going to make the playoffs. But here we go. The New York Giants, we beat the Vikings. And what a win it was. I mean, Daniel Jones was freaking awesome, man. He was just terrific. You know, my, my buddy Tim for Secret Santa, he got me a Daniel Jones Vanilla Vic shirt. Although I've been, you know, I've been scrambling. Not as good as Daniel Jones is that scrambling, though, to get me a Daniel Jones jersey. But, you know, they're, they're all sold out because right now his jersey's in hot demand. He's going to be back next year, it looks like. And, like, my God, like, Daniel Jones, the offense was just amazing. It was beautiful. It was amazing. It was just like it, it, such beautiful football. Amazing play calling from Kafka. Amazing play calling from Dable. Great ball movement. I mean, Daniel Jones, we see so many quarterbacks in their debuts. You know, they don't live up to the moment. They fold in the moment. Even, even hell, like, Brock Purdy and Trevor Lawrence that they both got off the incredibly slow starts in their in their games and their playoff debuts. Daniel Jones he didn't. I mean this offense was rolling in the first three drives. In the first three drives we had 17 points. All drives that started you know at the 25, at, and we moved the ball like it, it it was beautiful football. That first drive we get down seven nothing. First play of the game, a bullshit holding call on Nick Gates, which, by the way, like, they, they, they called that a holding call on Nick Gates. But then when Kayvon Thibodeau literally gets tackled to the ground by Christian Darisol, it's not a penalty. It, like, to me, it made zero sense how, like, literally, like, hugging, grabbing Kayvon Thibodeau wasn't a flag, but a regular, this block from Nick's gate, Nick Gates was a flag. Regardless, the Giants, after that first and you know, Backed up first and 20, holding penalty the first play of the game. Doesn't matter. They get the yards back. They go down the field, and the Giants end up scoring, get seven. And it wasn't and they wasn't done there. They scored. They had 17 points on those first three drives. Not being able to be stopped. Building that early 17-7 lead, which really was really, really crucial. Being able to build that lead helped us. Um, you know, we build that lead. We don't build that lead. You know, we're not all of a sudden we have to play come from behind, and it's a lot more of a different game. I mean, this game went the way we wanted it to. Uh, and, like, uh, I just – I couldn't believe it. I mean, Daniel Jones, his arm over th- – like, first quarterback in the NFL playoff history with 300 yards passing, 70 yards rushing, two passing touchdowns, and all this in his debut. Apparently, the game was... I didn't even know the game was on Nickelodeon. Apparently, he won the MVP. I mean, truly special. I mean, and Danny, he what? He carried... He ran with it 17 times. And almost all of Daniel Jones' runs were like... They were smart runs. Deciding when to run. And tough running, too. Getting down. Lowering his shoulder. Fighting for that first down. 
I mean, like, like I mean, man, Daniel Jones just was so impressive, making plays with his legs, making plays with his arms. It was truly something special to see. Like, we thought if we were going to win this game, it was going to be because of Saquon Barkley. I mean, that's when we were winning games early in the year, Saquon was getting 20, 25. I think he was averaging 22 touches a game was the exact number. This game, all he gets, 14 combined touches, and he turns that into over 100 yards and two touchdowns, including the game winner. I mean, Saquon Barkley, every time he got the football, was, you know, doing something with it. He wasn't having to, he didn't have to be a workhorse. He was just being a playmaker, really helping the Giants win. Our two guys, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, the two guys who we had to rely upon, they made the plays in their playoff debuts and were just excellent. I mean, that Statue of Liberty play, that play calling from Brian Dable from Mike Kafka, it was truly something beautiful to see. And you see, you see why Mike Kafka right now is getting these head coaches interviews because he's done incredible things with that offense and he's a, he's a smart guy he comes from that Andy Reid system I pray 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 that Wink and uh Kafka and either of them get the job because I want them here with the Giants like you know nothing against them uh I mean like th that Saquon touchdown it reminded me a lot of the two-point conversion in week one you know the two-point conversion it looks like the Titans blow the play up behind the line Saquon breaks the tackle, gets the two-point, we take the lead. Here, Dalvin Tomlinson has him wrapped up. He breaks the tackle, reaches over the pylon, 31-24, and the Giants take the lead, and from there, they hold on. Just like, it was awesome, man. And there, there was just some other guys, too, on the offense. I mean, Isaiah Hodgins, this kid had his first career 100-yard game, and what a find Isaiah Hodgins has been. You know, everyone at the deadline, oh, we need Chase Claypool. We need Jerry Judy. Oh, we need DJ Moore. Let's give up a second-round pick for these guys. Guess what? We got Isaiah Hodgins, a guy that we were able to sign, not trade at, not trade anything for, not even trade any draft pick, sign off the Buffalo practice squad. And this guy has become the most reliable receiver for the Giants the last few weeks, becoming a legitimate threat. Okay, you know, it was only when it was just Isaiah Hodgins had one good game, one good catch. Uh, you know, maybe against the Lions, a lot of it was garbage time. But he's put in a good performance after good performance. He's made some tough catches. Like, he's earned himself a roster spot here next year, Isaiah Hodgins. And, you know, it looks like he'll be a number three. But he is doing everything, everything that we, that we wanted Kenny Galladay to do. You know, although Kenny Galladay... Some good, good blocking, man. Uh, just like Haji. He made that unbelievable catch. That unbelievable catch. Like Isaiah Hodgins, again, he's just been such a hero for this team. Him being able to develop into somewhat of a, you know, he's not, is he, is he a legit NFL number one receiver? No, he's not. But him being able to develop into a consistent go-to target for Daniel Jones has been really huge for why the offense has been able to be a lot better over the last couple weeks. Uh, you know, Daniel Bellinger, you know, I I took him plus 300 anytime touchdown. Danny B redeeming himself from the last game against Minnesota with that fumble. He had that touchdown. I had a good feeling about that. You know, and Darius Slayton, you know, for him, continues to be one of the most, like, frustrating players because we don't win that game without him. You know, almost all of Slayton's catches were huge and important. You know, his yak, the way he's able to get separation, you know, I, you know four catches, 88 yards. I don't think we win that game without him. But my God, Slayton nearly cost us the game. And if we lost that game, like, that's what he's remembered for. You know, we won. Slayton, you had a big game. But, man, you can't be doing it with these drops. I mean, like, that's all. I feel like that's what, In the end, that's what we remember Slayton for are the drops. 
Uh, you know, I mean, it, I mean, that game felt like here we go again with the Slayton drop, the one he had against Washington last year, the Evan Ingram drop. It just felt like a story, a tale as old as time. But nope, we don't. The defense held on. Unbelievable final drive, you know, including a really. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that. Including a really shitty rough in the passer penalty that I nearly lost my mind during that rough in the passer. Like I was at the bar, I like fell down on the floor screaming, losing it because it was horrible, a horrific, horrific call that the refs made just because the refs are a little bunch of doo doo heads. Uh, but like, oh my god, that was just that was exhilarating, and like the defense, it was far from perfect. I mean that first drive, Minnesota. I mean that first drive, Minnesota just went down the field, dominated us. Jefferson four catches, thirty yards, got a touchdown, hit the gritty, and we knew all of a sudden, okay, we were gonna have to step up. And also, the you know the running game was really effective too for Minnesota. They were getting a lot of big runs. Leonard Williams missing tackles. Credit to the Giants' defense; they got a couple stops. You know that second drive, they were aided by a really weird play call from Minnesota on third down. Third drive, the defense played excellent, and that's to help them build that 17-7 lead. So, you know, the defense got those two early stops. But other than that, you know, the defense wasn't particularly great. I mean, after that first drive, they shut down Justin Jefferson. Three catches, 17 yards the rest of the game after torching us for four catches, 30 yards on the first drive. I mean, credit to Adoree, credit to the safety help over the top because we were doing a lot of, you know, McKinney over the top, McKinney in the box. Not a lot of McKinney on, on Hawkinson. Uh, so because McKinney hadn't been on Hawkinson, Hawkinson burnt us again, much like he did in the last meeting. You know, we were on him on that last play, so that, that helped. And McKinney made that play shut down because I didn't really know what the hell Chris, uh, Kirk Cousins was doing there with the check down. You know, I guess seeing what Hawkinson had been doing all game, he thought he had that, but nope. Got the stop on Hawkinson. I mean, for the most part, whether it was Jason Pinnock over the top, Dame Bellin after Jason Pinnock got hurt, uh, Xavier McKinney, a double team over Justin Jefferson. We really helped shut him down. That helped limit this Minnesota offense. And again, like much like last game, they got the running game going early, but then they got away from the running game. And them getting away from the running game, you know, was really really big for us because it didn't look good. Leonard Williams missed some tackles. Jalen Smith missed some tackles. But you know what? It didn't matter because the Giants, they got the win. They made this. They made the stops when they needed to. They did. Now, you know, it sucked that after 17-7, all of a sudden it was 17-17 at the half. But, hey, like, that's what happens. And the second half, the defense was mostly excellent. Uh, I mean, again, like, we've, I mean, how many times have we seen this happen? A player drops a pass. Like, again, like, how many times have we seen it happen? The player drops a pass for the Giants, and the other team goes down to win. How many times have we seen this season Kirk Cousins led Minnesota on a game-winning drive? And I felt like, oh, God, here we go again. But nope, the Giants defense, they stepped up. They made the plays. You know, Dexter Lawrence was awesome on that final drive, consistently getting a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins, you know, beating, beating uh, Garrett Bradbury in his first game back from injury, you know, forcing Kirk Cousins into a lot of errant fast throws, you know, getting called for that awful, awful rough in the passer call that made me nearly, nearly just, like, lose my mind and go crazy. I thought for that, that was going to be it. I really thought that rough in the past, we were going to get screwed. But he also, he got pressure on Kirk. He forced Kirk into that really quick throw to TJ Hawkinson. And the Giants got the stop. And after that, like, it was just a surreal moment where the New York Giants beat the Vikings. And it was supposed to be a rebuilding year, man. Like, 
we go on to the divisional round. It was it was special, man. Like Dexter Lawrence, he's a stud. He's so good. All pro nose tackle. He got after Kirk Cousins getting pressures. He was a beast stuffing the run. You know, if if if, if Leonard Williams missed tackles, he was there to make a lot of plays too. Uh, some just like just other sort of musings from this game. Uh, I was at the watch party at talk you know, the Talking Giants watch party. I mean, the watch party was electric, a lot of fun, high energy. Uh, everyone just going nuts for every Giants touchdown, every Giants stop. Uh, it was it was incredible, man. Like that was so much so much fun to be at. Uh, and, like, the place, like, hands down, the highlight of it was the Kenny Galladay block. I mean, Kenny Galladay, I tweeted it out. It was the $72 million block. I mean, who would have thought? Like, I mean, Kenny Galladay, we've all gotten on him. I've criticized him. You know, he hasn't done anything. He comes in, you know, for a decoy play, and he throws down a nasty block. He shoves his defender to the ground, and I kid you not, like, everybody went wild. Everyone was so happy to see Kenny Galladay make that block in excitement. It was just like, wow, this guy did something. Uh, you know, I, I, I tweeted, I tweeted, it was the $72 million block, and it was. You know, like, he's not going to be here next year, yeah, but Kenny Galladay, you know, even if it wasn't a catch, when we need him to make a play, he actually did. So last two weeks, he's, he's gotten, you know, a little bit in the good grace of the Giants fans. But, yeah, like, you know, he's still obviously not going to be back next year. Uh, other sort of musings. Oh, uh, you know, I want Daniel Jones. Obviously, he's going to be back. Uh, and it's crazy because after the tie, I said that Daniel Jones probably wasn't going to be back that we were limiting the offense, and it just, that's what appeared to me. That seemed like that they were coaching not to have Daniel Jones throw the ball, a lot of running, coaching scared, and that it was clear because they didn't want Daniel Jones back. They didn't trust him. But since then, he's got on a tear. He's proved me wrong, and since that tie, the offense changed. The offense made adjustments. The offense has been electric over the last few weeks. Like, yeah, there was the tough Eagles game. That's on the defense. But the offense looked good, and... Oh, one, one, and one other thought I have before I move on to previewing the Eagles. Uh, I mean, Cordell Flott, he didn't play one snap all game. He came in on that third down play. Okay, like I got the notification at commercial that Cordell Flott came in for that third down play, and they attack him. He bats the ball away. And like Flott, shout at you, man. Really shout at you. Anyways, now we're moving on. We're talking Giants, and we're talking Eagles. I'll be honest. It's going to be a tough game. It is going to be a hard-ass game. The Eagles are beatable. Taylor Heineke did it. The Commanders did it. But it's going to be hard. I mean, the last time, look, you know, everyone says it's hard to beat a team three times. But look, last time we played them was so, like, we had our third stringers. They beat a different team. They, were, they weren't as rested. They, they you know, you saw how good the Giants looked against Minnesota when they had that week of rest. Now the Eagles, they get that week of rest that they couldn't get against Dallas. They couldn't get the week of rest. You know, they just grinded. It was week 17 with a lot of starters playing. Week 18 with a lot of starters playing for the Eagles. Tired. They looked weak against the Saints. Now those guys are rested. It's going to be a different game. And when we saw what happened, the first time we played them, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders, Devonta Smith, everybody torched us. You know, then... 
Then we didn't have Adoree. We didn't have McKinney. We didn't have Leonard Williams. I mean, I'm going to start with the defense here because all three of those guys are back. And, look, it starts up front with the Giants. You know, Wink Martindale lately is not, has been able to send four and drop a lot of guys back. I mean, obviously with Jalen Hurts, you're not going to be able to send four because the Eagles have one of the, if not the best offensive line in football. Jalen Hurts, he has that amazing scrambling ability. We're going to have to leave somebody in there as a spy, uh, although you know that's likely going to leave some tight ends open. And, you know, For me, I'd love to leave Landon Collins as a spy in that situation, but we'll see. Landon definitely struggled in coverage a bit in that last game. Uh, but, yeah, it's really up to that four. Those four guys, I mean, you know, Aziz Ojulari, he's questionable. He played a great game, a great game against the Eagles when we had and when we got blown out. He was probably the only bright spot. Kayvon Timberley needs to continue being on a tear, continue showing, oh, this is why I love prime time. And it starts with those four. You know, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are so good. They did a lot of damage against us in the slot. There's going to have, have to have a lot of guys back and playing on that. Like, it, we, we can't just be setting the house, but we also, like, it's going to be a tough matchup against this Eagles offense. I mean, there's just so many ways. Uh, I mean, that's just something. It starts with that front four. That's what's always been for the Giants when they've won. Uh, get after him. You know, Jalen, they're going to have a lot of design runs. Jalen Hurts is going to scramble. When Jalen Hurts is scrambling, you know, Dexter, Leonard, get after him. If we have a spy, whether that's Jalen Smith, whether that's Landon Collins, use your speed to make the play. You know, in my opinion, it looks like it's probably going to be five or six guys in the box most plays. Uh, and look, Dexter Lawrence, I mean, Leonard Williams, Jalen Smith, you cannot be missing tackles. Same with you, Gerard Davis. Uh, you know, those, you know, D Dexter Lawrence, you've been great all year. Even against the Eagles, you played great. But now you're, you're going up against Jason Kelsey, one of the, if not the best center in football, and two other really good guards. You know, Landon Dickerson was a pro bowler as well. Uh... How healthy is Lane Johnson? He's going to play this week. Uh, he was a full participant in practice. You know, how healthy is he? How healthy is that groin? Because if his, that groin's not 100%, it allows our guys off the edge. I mean, look, we have our seven guys. I mentioned the front four. Uh, you know, the secondary, McKinney's going to be a mix of the deep safety, providing help on either A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith. You know, I assume a Dory Jackson's probably going to trail one of those guys. And then the other guy will probably have, you know, Fabian Moreau, Cordell, uh, Cordell Flott on him. Uh, you know, maybe Darnay Holmes, although we've seen Darnay Holmes get cooked a lot of man coverage. You know, so that secondary is going to have to, you know, vary a lot. And obviously, you know, Jason Pinnock, if he's healthy, Dame Belton. I'm sure a lot of them will be playing that deep safety if we're putting McKinney in the box or if we're putting McKinney on Goddard. I spent a lot of Julian Love in the box this game and, you know, expect him to be, you know, really play that box safety role. Uh, you know, I'm sure he'll be on uh, he'll be on Dallas Goddard a lot. He might be, but his but we're really gonna have to rely on Love to also blitz, and he's we're probably gonna have to do a lot of safety blitzes with Love, and McKinney just has to be versatile. All those other guys have to step up. We have our sexy seven that we know on defense, but it's up to the four other guys that are gonna be on the field to make plays. We know McKinney's gonna make plays wherever he is on the field, whether he's playing deep. Uh, no, no, if, if he's playing deep, uh. You know, it's likely that we're having love in the box, love blitzing. Uh, and then in that case, if he's playing deep with a Dory, we're going to have whoever's on the other side, whether it's Holmes, whether it's Flott, whether it's uh, Fabian Moreau, they're going to have to be providing good coverage on that other side. Uh, you know, if you know, we have, again, I assume it's going to be one or two of those guys providing extra coverage. 
Then it leaves two spots for linebackers. You know, again, the linebackers. Whether they're if it's a run, you need to be ready, be prepared to make the play. If it's a spy, can't let Jalen Hurts do anything. Uh, I mean, Landon Collins to me is the X factor. I think Landon Collins, he's made some plays in coverage this year, although he's not great. He he's fast. I really think we're gonna need Landon Collins to use a spy, have that safety instinct, being able to you know go fast, chase down Jalen Hurts, be that run stopper, and make plays on Miles Sanders. Uh, that's my giant factor, as they talk about on time, talking Giants. My X factor is Landon Collins. Because, uh, yeah, like, I mean, again, McKinney's going to be all over the field. Adoree's likely trailing one of those receivers. I don't know if it's going to be Brown or or uh, Smith, because both of those guys are really good. Julian Love, I'm sure. He'll be all over the field. Again, he'll be in the box whether he's covering tight ends, but McKinney could be covering tight ends. I mean, McKinney's a lot better at covering tight ends than Love is. But we might want Love in the box, being an extra man blitzing, being an extra guy to cover a running back, being an, you know just just it's being an, being an extra blitzer. I mean, there's a lot Julian Love can do. Uh, you know, from there, it all depends how we're going to use the guys like Dane Bell and Jason Pinnock, Flot. Felina, Flott and Holmes are so interchangeable. I wish you could take Flod's man coverage with uh, Holmes' run coverage. And then linebackers, Smith and Gerard. I mean, Jalen Smith, Gerard Davis, you're both going to have to make tackles. Can't be missing tackles and help make plays for this Giants defense. Uh, I think that's really it. Like, I say use Landon. Again, like, use Landon as a spy. Because uh, it's going to be up to that sev- those seven. Those seven guys and really the mix of the other four are going to be having to do something. That, that's all it comes down to. Leonard, Dexter, Aziz, Kayvon, get the pressure on the quarterback. McKinney, whether you're asked, uh, you know, Adoree, do a good job covering A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith, whoever you're covering. McKinney, whoever you're providing help on, do a good job at that. You know, I'm sure there's going to be plays where Love and Belton are both dropping back, uh, you know, whether it's Love or whether it's uh, Pinnock or Belton are going to be dropping back with you. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Love, whether you're dropping back deep in coverage, you're playing the box, which you're, I'm sure will be doing a lot of blitzing, covering tight ends. Do that too. Whatever I'm sure, you know, you do that. You, you play a lot in the box. You know, you be that sort of hybrid box, somewhat linebacker safety. Let us drop more guys in coverage. You know, maybe let us, you know, Allow us to bring some six, seven-man blitzes and do your thing. Other guys, step up. Let's go Giants on defense. On the offensive side of things, so, like, I'm not worried about play calling. At this point, I have a lot of play, uh, confidence in my Kafka and Brian Dable to call the right plays. But I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm very, very worried about the offensive personnel matchup against the Eagles. I mean, Darius Slay and James Bradbury are, are probably the best cornerback duo in the NFL. We know all about James Bradbury. You know, he's with the Giants for a couple years. Darius Slay, we've gone against him. And look, yeah, he got, he got touched. Kenny God, they caught the touchdown over him. But after all this shit talking he's been hearing, he's going to be hungry. He's going to be motivated. And that cornerback, those cornerbacks, this is not that Minnesota worst-ranked pass defense that the Giants receivers were able to expose. These cornerbacks are, should be able to handle the Giants receivers, you know, they're more talented at their positions than the Giants wide receivers are at theirs. It's just a matter of fact. Now, you know, the Giants, if they scheme right and the play calling is great, obviously those wide receivers can make a lot of plays against the Eagles defense, which, you know, those receivers have been doing all season long. 
All right, obviously the Eagles, they had 70 sacks. 70 sacks going against the offensive line, especially Evan Neal, who struggled against him in the first matchup. I'm worried. Uh, I mean, that secondary, just Bradbury. And, I mean, not having Avante Maddox. Avante Maddox is out for them. They're stud slot corner. So, yeah, Richie James. I expect. I think Richie James could be a huge X factor on the offensive slide of, side of the ball. Uh, you know, like, some about those DBs. Avante Maddox, their slot corner is out. So Richie James is yeah, Richie James has been the slot receiver. He's gonna have to get open. He's gonna have to make a lot of plays. Can't be dropping balls, uh, you know, like he did against Minnesota. Uh, so I was, I was expecting a pretty big game out of Richie James. While while Hodgins and Slayton are drawing the coverage of Slay and Bradbury, again with the Eagles having that slot corner injured. Richie James, I need you to play big. Uh, Darius Slayton, man, be the big, be big play Slay. No drops. No drops. You've, you've had some success against Darius Slay in your career. You know, Darius Slay versus Darius Slayton. There's the competition of who's the real big play Slay. You go out. You be the big play Slay because we need that. We're going to need that to beat this Eagles team because this is not going to be a defensive slugfest. This is going to be a high-scoring game, much like last week was. We, you know, keep up the score on the 30 points offense. That's twice in three weeks now. Make it three times in four weeks because you're likely going to need to score 30 to win this game. Just a matter of, a, just you know, that's just how it is. How good that Eagles offense is, because uh, like they're special. They 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 just they just they're just, it's such a mismatch for almost anybody. Uh, and it's not just to say like the defensive line, really really good. Seventy sacks. I think that's the NFL. I knew they were chasing the NFL record. I don't know if seventy ended up being the record and they got it, but Neil dominated. You know, and this was this is something I heard from talking Giants. I mean, Evan Neal. One of his biggest issues, he struggles to get out of his stance. Apparently, Hassan Reddick eats against tackles like that. And Hassan Reddick's had a great year. Not that much Hassan Reddick has had the Giants number, where I mean, I'd say Reddick has really become a star player the last two years. You wouldn't even say the last two and a half years. His, break, his breakout, breakout game being his five-sack game against the Giants in 2020. So this is a guy who has our number. Uh, I'm worried. I mean, look, like, it's hard to beat a three times. It is, it is hard to beat a team three times. It is. But also the teams playing a week 18 were very different. And, like, it just, you know, feels like feels like the Giants are getting yeah, – everyone's picking the Giants. Everyone's all in on the Giants. But, but I'm worried. Like, this Eagles team, they've had our number. And they, they just always find ways to beat us and break our hearts. Uh, like, I'll be honest, I don't expect us to win this game against the Eagles. I, I want to pick us, but they're just, just, in every facet of the game, they just have a much better roster than us. And now, also, there's all these people are starting to have all this good talk about the Giants. You know, lots of feel good about the Giants. All of a sudden, instead of being the underdog, you know, it's all of a sudden they're, they're the underdog that everybody likes, so they're not as much of an underdog. Uh... And again, that Eagles team, man, they're just so good. I really don't expect us to win. Going into the link, them have coming off a bye, well-rested. I really don't expect us to win, man. But if we win, if we win, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Philly fans, get ready, Philly fans. I am coming. I am coming for all of you if we pull off this upset. I would be shocked. But I am coming for all you guys if we pull off this upset. And, man, like, I'll tell you. Obviously, the Super Bowls are the two best wins I've seen as a fan. But if we win this game, it will be the best non-Super Bowl win I've experienced as a fan. And that includes the two NFC Championship games. It's like, 
beating Philly, beating scumbag Philly, the team that I despise, a team that every ounce, every ugh, with every fiber, everything in my bones despise. They anger me. They irk me. They piss me off. Ugh, I hate Philly. To beat them, to beat these scumbags, it would be amazing. It would be so happy. And for me, you guys all know I have talked my shit about Jalen Hurts. I have crapped on Jalen Hurts. I have said he is the most overrated quarterback in football. He's a system quarterback. He's surrounded by the best roster in the NFL. Easy now. You force him to try to win a game coming coming back. He can't. And I said a lot of shit. I said, oh, everyone wants to love the Eagles this, love the Eagles that. Just wait for them to lose the first round, their first game. I said a lot of that. Now it feels weird that I'm backtracking on it. And, like, for me, like, it sucks because, like, if it, like I've had all this stuff. And if the Giants win, that is so good for my anti-Jalen Hurts narrative that I've been pushing this year. For everything that I've been trying to tell the people. Unfortunately, you know, Jalen Hurts gets matched up against a defense that's where his skill position guys really match up well against. And that's, you know, benefits him. He'll be carried by that. Because I'll still say, I will still say, if Jalen Hurts was on the Giants... Ooh, okay, maybe we'd be good because of uh, Brian Dable uh, be being a head coach. But Jalen Hurts is not doing what Daniel Jones is doing. If Daniel Jones is on the Eagles, woo-wee, they're a damn good team. Like, I, 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 I'd much rather have Daniel Jones my franchise QB than Jalen Hurts. I still feel comfortable saying that. Again, Giants, please, 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 please win, please win. You know, for me, I'll be doing... I'll be doing what I have to do to help, you know, my part to get this team a victory. You know, if you follow me, uh, if you follow my regular account on Instagram, if you have me on Snapchat, you know, every Sunday, every game day, I go to the gym and do 4.13 miles. Four, as a reminder, last year's 4-13 record this year. I'll be doing that. I'll be making sure I'm doing that Saturday before game day, keeping that tradition alive. And another thing I'm doing, so, you know, I prayed. I prayed during that Minnesota game and made a deal that I would be going to a Shabbat service if we want to beat the Vikings. So I'm also going to be going to a Shabbat service. I'll be going Saturday morning, not breaking that deal I made with God for the Giants to beat the Vikings. And you know what? Going to the temple, praying the morning of that Giants-Eagles game. It's a good omen. Let's go, Giants. Please, let's please, 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 please beat Philly. Please. Uh, so, you know, I'm just quickly going to finish recapping a couple things here and there, uh, you know, from the week, you know, I talked about Brock Purdy and the Niners, Brock Purdy didn't look good early, then he got going, like, there, there were some scares there, like, the Niners were chilling at the half, then that second half, he was big cock, Brock, lit up Seattle, the, the team just played so well, we had Elijah Mitchell even got a touchdown, everyone coming back. The Niners playing great. Uh, Dallas, they wanted a blowout, blowing out Tampa Bay. You know, ending Tom Brady's Tampa career for sure. I think he's going to Vegas. I've been saying that. I don't think he's retiring. Uh, but it was a blowout. Dak looked good after every. You know, I really wanted the Cowboys to lose that game just so I could have done all this crap shit talking about the Giants making it further than the Cowboys after all the Cowboys. You know what I've heard from Cowboys fans this year. Uh, whenever we've lost. But, uh, you know, they won. I think the Niners are going to win that game. I think it'll be a close game. The Cowboys will compete. But, you know, the Niners, they're too good. I think that Dallas defense will not see an offense that moves the ball as well as they have. And, you know, throw them off their game for a bit. Uh, so, yeah, 
Eagles will be Eagles versus Niners. Still keeping that. Uh, AFC, I mean, the AFC was pretty, like, Bills-Dolphins was, like, a good game, but, like, it also wasn't where, like, it was close, but that game took forever. Like, I mean, the Giants game had to get pushed back to 450 because of how long this game took. Skylar Thompson was 18 of 45. You do the math on that, that's, you know, that's 2 of 5. That's a 40% completion percentage, 27 incompletions. Game took forever. The Bills' offense was sloppy. Like, that game was just sloppy and boring. The Bengals played sloppy. Like, at least that game was exciting and, like, you know, more entertaining. Huntley almost won. But both teams really lost to backup QBs, the Bengals and the Bills. Now they play each other. I like the Bills to win that game. You know, rematch of the game we should have gotten a few weeks ago because of DeMar Hamlin. So, I have the Bills winning that game, getting the AFC title game. Uh... Oh, and then Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to beat the Jaguars. But credit to the Jaguars for beating the Chargers. And, like, I'll be honest. Was there ever really a doubt that the Jaguars were going to come back against the Chargers? I mean, even when it was 27-0, it was like, I tried to live bet it. I didn't get a live line. I'm like, they're going to charger this up. Like, you know Brandon Staley. They don't run the ball. Like, you know what they were going to do. They were going to throw the ball more in the second half. Glad the Jaguars to get back in it. It's the Chargers. If, if you watch Chargers games, you know how their games go where they can build that lead, but they're going to throw the ball. They're going to just, you know, if you can stop, and they're not going to run the ball. They're not going to drain the clock. And this is what I've been saying. I love Austin Eckler. I think he's a great player, but he's not a traditional running back. You know, you need a real running back to win games in the NFL. Eckler can do so much, and he's a great fantasy player. But, you know, when the Chargers need a workhorse running back to close out games, he's not there. And they just faint. They need someone. They need someone to do that. They got a better play caller. And to me, I cannot believe that Brandon Staley is not getting fired. That is a joke. What a joke that Staley still has a job. I mean, he. I, I, there's so many things I can get into about Brandon Staley. I just I don't even know how he has a job. It's just it's pathetic. Pathetic that he has a job. At least Chargers, they moved on from the OC. Oh, speaking of having jobs. Fire Chris Holman immediately. Ohio State basketball is in shambles right now. You know they're second, second to last place in the Big Ten, and they beat Rutgers because of a bad call from the ref. Where the, the Big Ten even admitted that we should have uh, that Rutgers should have beaten us, and the ref screwed them. The refs don't screw Rutgers. Ohio State has one win in the Big Ten. They're in last place, and they're nine and nine. Things are bad. I mean, Chris Holman. I mean, I, I mean, Chris Holman. He is not a good coach because Ohio State. They actually have a pretty talented team. Zed Key, uh, Justice Suing, two good freshmen, Sensible, Bryce Thornton, some good transfers, and they can't put it together. I saw I saw a really good tweet that I want to that I want to that I want to talk about. Literally put it put put uh, Ohio State basketball perfectly. Um, let me see if I can find this tweet. Did I retweet? Did I not retweet it? Regardless, Chris Holtman, what Chris Holtman has been doing the last few years is why Thad Mata got fired. At Thad Mata's peak, we were consistently, we were consistently fighting for Big Ten titles, multiple single-digit loss seasons. You know, one, two, three seed in the, in the NCAA tournament. And now, you know, with Holtman, the peak under Holtman has been an overrated two seed that got bounced in the first round. Uh, you know, maybe a, th- a three seed. Like, that's it for Holman. He's not a good coach. He's just like, the, like, the shot selection was lackluster. He came over, he's supposed to be defense. The defensive scheme has been awful every year he's been the head coach. 
I don't know, man. Fire Holman because losing to Nebraska, losing to Minnesota, this team's in trouble. And you know, some people, some people are blind, and because they're Ohio State fans, think that we're going to be fine because they don't actually have objectivity. They're just like, oh yeah, I like Ohio State. We're going to be fine. We're the best team. And first of all, net rankings had this team in the top ten. How are we top ten in the net? How are we? We're still twenty eight in net. What a joke. What a joke. I'm going to get more into Ohio State basketball in another episode, but everyone. Done with this one. Buckeyes, continue sucking. Giants, make make me happy. Beat scumbag Philly, please. Again, I want to thank everyone who supported the podcast thus far. Remember, go follow the Birds Eye View podcast on Instagram for all my latest episode releases. Go follow Jay Birds Eye View on Twitter for all my latest live reactions to games and latest news. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.